Our reading for today is from the fifth chapter of Mark, verses 24 to 34. So Jesus went with Jairus, and a large crowd followed Jesus, pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhages stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched you? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. On June 7th, 1776, Richard Henry Lee, delegate from Virginia, presented to the Continental Congress this resolution. Resolved that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. Not being able to pass it that day due to some uncertainties among the Congress about severing alliances with Great Britain, the resolution was tabled until the delegates had time to confer with their constituents. In the meantime, a committee was formed to begin work on a declaration. Ben Franklin and James, uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were on that committee, but ultimately the bulk of that work fell to Thomas Jefferson, who wrote, began work on the Declaration of Independence. On July 1st, the resolution was brought before the body for debate again. And at this time, Pennsylvania and South Carolina were not ready to vote in favor. And the two delegates from Delaware were kind of split on the decision. The next day, the two delegates from Pennsylvania were absent. So the remaining vote, the remaining folks voted in favor of independence. The delegate from South Carolina had become ill, and so his son stepped in and reversed his father's position and voted in favor. (laughs) Finally, Caesar Rodney of Delaware, though riddled with with cancer, rode all night through the rain and thunderstorms to get there and cast the tie-breaking vote for Delaware in favor of independence. Thus, July 2nd, tomorrow... (laughs) 1776, the United States was officially formed by the unanimous passage of Richard Henry Lee's resolution. 
John Adams felt so strongly that this would be the date celebrated. He said this in a letter to his wife, Abigail. The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable apaca in the history of America. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parades, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. So if John Adams would have you celebrate your fireworks tomorrow (laughs) instead of the 4th. But if you're like me, you have to go to work. So I share this little bit of history uh, with you because I'm reminded that independence is not something that is given to you. It is something that is taken with resolve, with fortitude, with fight. And this country's history reminds me uh, of how precious and sacred that struggle is. And and as I'm looking at the news today, as I'm looking around and seeing all that's going on, and as I I, uh, watched my friends and colleagues march yesterday up to the Capitol to demand America stand up to its highest ideals, I'm reminded that this is a, this kind of freedom, this kind of independence takes constant vigilance. It's not a one-time thing. It's not something we sit back and take for granted. It's something that is continually struggled for and uh, held on to and worked toward. And all of that kind of reminds me of this woman. This woman in the Bible. And I, I I love stories like this. I love these women. There are a lot of uppity women in the Bible. I've noticed, and uh, this is this is one in particular that I think is pretty uh, is pretty amazing. This woman who, after years and years of illness and suffering, after years of being called names and being blamed, after years and years of no one being able to help her and people not believing her, she became resolved. Resolved to find help. Resolved to do it on her own terms. And resolved to not let the conventions of society dictate who she was anymore. I want to paint a picture of who this woman, of of this woman's life. So she was probably a woman of, of regular upstanding position in culture until she fell ill with this issue of blood that never stopped. If you know anything about the, the Middle East at that time, that made people unclean. They didn't like to deal with blood and they didn't like to deal with women's issues or any of that stuff. It just, you know, whatever. So for 12 years, she's been suffering from this. I mean, just the physical aspects of it are daunting. But for 12 years, she's been considered unclean and untouchable. Her family couldn't be around her. People couldn't touch her. Can you imagine that? Twelve years without being touched. Without having a hug or any kind of affection. Not even being able to participate in the normal life affairs. Not being able to go to synagogue 
For, for 12 years, she had gone to every doctor, she, she, everyone she could find. And all they did is take her money and were not able to help her. For 12 years, she's been outside of society. And for 12 years, she's been defined by this one thing. Oh, that's so-and-so. She's got an issue of blood. That's my mom. She's had this issue of blood for 12 years. That's, that's all anyone ever talked about. Can you imagine? And for 12 years, she prayed. Did what she was told. Stay out of the way. But today, today, she was resolved. <laughs> she was resolved. She, did, she could have gotten into a lot of trouble doing what she did. Moving through the crowds, kind of jumping in there, trying to go see this, this street rabbi, this street preacher. And I'm sure she was just praying that no one would recognize her. And I think that part of her resolution was to not ask anyone for anything uh, anymore, but to become master of her own destiny. She wasn't even going to ask Jesus for anything. With this in her heart, she reached out and she touched the hem of his robe, taking matters into her own hands, and immediately she was cured. Her problem was solved. What an amazing story. It is the only story in the whole Bible where Jesus is passive in the healings. There were a lot of times where Jesus touched people and they were healed. There were a lot of times where Jesus didn't even touch people and they were healed. But just by his pronouncing them healed, they were healed. There were a lot of times he wasn't even anywhere near them. He healed them long distance. <laughs> Go and see your daughter. I've healed her. Now leave me alone. Right? She just went on about his business. Just by pronouncing a healing, he, he healed them. This is the only time where he didn't even say anything. He was passively kind of the recipient of this healing. He didn't do anything. And Jesus even acknowledges this when after realizing that he had been touched by the woman of faith, he tells her, woman, your faith has made you well. Your faith has healed you. Jesus doesn't even take credit. Your faith has healed you. What an amazing thing. In other words, what healed this woman was within herself. What heals you, he says, is within you. Uh, I think that this is an amazing and incredible message coming to us from Christ. You know, I spend a lot of time talking about giving our lives over to Jesus and allowing Jesus to guide our steps and to show us the way. But this is the one passage where I hear a different message. Here, Christ seems to be saying, you are not called to just be passive recipients of what I have to give you, but that you are called to be actively involved in the process actively pursuing it. This woman had been victimized not only by this incurable disease, but by the culture and society that chose to make that fact her fault. And yet, while she was the victim, she chose to no longer be a passive recipient of what the world was giving her, but to actively seek 
her out her own way, a new way, and a life-affirming way. What was required for her to do that was a willingness and a resolve to take responsibility for her own life and for what life was going to be for her in this instant. To take a hold of it and say, this is mine and I'm going to, I'm going to take charge of it. She had every right to feel sorry for herself, but that was not going to get her what she wanted or needed. In addition, she had to not let the conventions of society hem her in any longer. She was told uh, to to stay out of the way, don't don't make anyone unclean, don't bring your, your issues out into the open or out into society. We don't want to know that. But she's decided that she had to break the rules and to live by a different moral code. She didn't have to be willing to face her doubts and her fears and willing to fail. I'm sure she was scared. Is is this even going to do anything if I reach out and touch this healer? Is it even going to do anything? Scared that Jesus would reprimand her. In fact, fact she kind of shies away when Jesus confronts and says, Hey, who touched me? The woman's kind of like, "Uh, it was me. Sorry. I'm sure she was scared. But she stared down her fear and trudged forward. This is her faith at work. The kind of faith that brings healing. It was a faith that was not just in passive reception of the gifts of God, but the active participation in the acts of a merciful Savior. My point is this. Having a real, life-changing experience with God through Christ. Following the example and the calling of Jesus and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is not something that just happens. Jesus is not going to force Himself on us. It's something that we have to actively engage in. We have to want it. We have to pursue it. We have to be resolved that our faith is going to be actively lived out in who we are. So often in our faith life, we're waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for God to act. We're waiting for God to change our circumstances. We're waiting for God to change the world and, or bring things about or bring an end to everything. We're waiting for a sign or waiting for an answer to prayer. And there are times when patience and waiting on the Lord is necessary. The Bible tells us so. Many psalms wait on the Lord. But when it comes to the kind of relationship we are going to have with God, we are called to passionately pursue it. Reaching out for Christ ourselves. Resolve to be actively engaged with God and declaring our own independence that we might pursue Christ unencumbered and pursue that life-affirming relationship outside of the conventions of the world. No matter what the world tells us we're supposed to do or 
or how we're supposed to do it. Jesus calls us into a deep, intimate, relevant, life-transforming, healing relationship and makes Himself available, the hem of His robe available for us to grab onto and hang on to in faith. And when our passionate faith becomes that active, Jesus turns to us and says, Wow, your faith did that. Your faith pointed you to a better life. Your faith allowed you to have the strength to be who you are and who God called you to be. Your faith made you whole again, even when your body maybe isn't feeling that way. Your faith made you whole. Your faith gave you courage to stand up for your uh, convictions. Your faith caused you to not be a victim anymore, but to take control of your life and say, I am worthy of a full and abundant life, and I'm going to get it. Our faith, Jesus tells us, is a powerful, powerful thing and an incredible gift from God. It's my prayer today especially on as we come around to celebrating our independence on July 2nd. <laughs> it is my prayer that we remember that our faith is something hard-fought and hard-won and worth diligently and continually pursuing. Let us pray. O loving and gracious God, God of faith, God who empowers, God who calls us to not just be passive recipients, but to be active pursuers of faith. We ask that you would embolden us and give us resolve. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.